two, three, one. Hashtag Pride March. Subtitle, Hashtag Misnomer at Surface Level Podcast. Hashtag Verse TV 231C. The queer community is supposed to be something more than our sexuality. Why are so many things at the pride parades sexual? The flaw here is one calling pride a parade. <laughs> um, pride's a march, and it is a march based on people being marginalized for their sexuality. So therefore, if you are marching to in any way represent outwardly your sexuality, therein lies the answer. Yeah, literally the antonym of pride is shame and we've been shamed for our sexuality. I'm talking about the, the part of the community that is um, sex queer in terms of sexuality. Um, and so these moments to go out there and show your pride is to show, I don't give a fuck that you want to shame me about my sexuality. Mm -hmm, right. I'm going to show it. I'm going to wave the flag. You're going to see it mm -hmm. and fuck you if you yeah. have a problem with it. <laughs> I that one that was just funny. <laughs> All right, so they were making such such valid point about gay pride, and the very obvious point or question um was made when really really had to stop and ask what the acronym of uh pride was or is that that was honestly the moment when a light bulb goes off in someone's head somewhere. Um, turns, or when a light bulb in someone's head turns on and turns on in your mind and you actually get it. Oh, right. So for my response, at first, I kind of felt that it was like, oh, this is kind of semantics. And it's like the difference between a parade and a march and making that a significant point. I, I don't get it. It's not. Yep, I'm doing it again. There we go. Pick up the microphone. Okay. So, yeah. At first, I was kind of thinking it was like semantics as far as the difference between a parade and a march. But, 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 but. There is a significant difference between the meaning behind a parade and a march. And I get it. Calling it a pride parade and the media branding it as a pride parade, it sounds kind of fun and friendly and cute, hmm. you know? But branding it as a march 
sounds kind of like fighting for something. But as same gender loving people, we are still fighting for equality. Mm -hmm. The um, Marriage Equality Act just passed in 2015, you know? Like, it, it's not always just been there. And there are still people in the world who want to fight it. I've spoken with some anyway, but it's... I, I, I get why media wanted to brand it as a parade because it sounds like something you fit in like right after the Macy's Day Parade or something like that. You know, it sounds fun and nice and cute, you know? And as far as um, people, my conservative part of my mind, my conservative and ignorant part of my mind would often be like, yeah, why do we have to be naked at these parades? You know, it's not cool, you know, but they made a perfect, perfect point in that they explained that, no, it's not just for the principle of showing off our six-pack abs, which many of us have. I have a gut, but I'm sorry. But... It's not just for that purpose. It's because our sex is what is being marginalized. Our sexuality is what is being hated. So we are taking pride in that, showing that we have pride in whatever our sex and sexuality is. And that's a beautiful thing. And yeah, because you're upset with our private lives. So we put our private lives for show for you all to, because it's just like if there was hate against gay hands, say gay people's hands, the pride hand march, the hand pride march would be accenting gay hands, just like you just did this and did this. Like it would be accenting, I'm kidding, Kevin, I'm not making fun of you. I am, but I, I'm not doing it maliciously. Anyway, yes, Hansi, anyway. <laughs> but we would accent our hands if that was the thing that we were fighting for, if that was the hate, if that was what we were receiving this hate for. And yes, basic complexity. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you're one squared. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So, when, wow. All right. So, I technically have 
only been to one gay pride event or something when I was technically still at teeny jobs 18. But just that feeling, I still remember way back when that at the time I just felt so free. And was even worried about trying to hide who I was. And yeah, that's what I have. I felt that same way the first time I went to a gay club. It was the Delta in DC. Mm -hmm. And I'm from New Orleans, so I don't mind wearing bright colors, but DC did not love bright colors. <laughs> and I wore an all yellow outfit and I thought I was like killing them. <laughs> and I found out, I guess the hard way that um, in DC, they really don't like a lot of colors. I, I learned that the hard <laughs> way. They're like, in DC, we're not colorful. We're very uh, black and white, maybe. <laughs> you know, anyway. So my one squared, now I'll leave the timer running. Some people are vehemently anti because the evolution of LGBT people being free was after their youth. So they feel like they missed out on things because now we're able to be free. And they're like, but that wasn't available in my youth when I wanted to be free. And I had to enter this lie of a relationship with this partner of a different gender because it was not ready. The world was not ready for me and my type yet. And as an older millennial who missed marriage age in his 20s. I understand that way of thinking, but we have got to do better, people. We've got to do better. Don't think like that. Stop it. Stop it. And my one sentence is, or my one rap, Aaron's final thoughts, like Jerry's final, anyway. But my wrap-up thought is I didn't contemplate the significance of the difference between march and parade for pride until I saw this video. I didn't understand that difference of the significance of those two terms until I saw this video by Surface Level Podcast. Thank you all, Surface Level Podcast. Yes. Thank you. And the hashtag first TV family, yes or no question is does the prevalence of people showing skin at Pride now make a little more sense to you? Based complexity. Are you ready for topic D? Yes. In your first again. Uh <laughs> Hashtag singleness avoided. Subtitle 
hashtag upset at it's Evan Knapp, hashtag Verse TV 231D. Text, single in your late 20s. Do you remember Caitlin and John from high school? Yeah, aren't they still together? Yeah, actually looks like they just got married. No fucking sh**. I know. You don't say. Yup. Can you imagine that? No, I mean, I never even dated anyone in high school. They're never gonna know what it's like to be single in their 20s. Right? I mean, like, it's actually kind of sad. Like, they're never gonna know the freedom. They're never gonna know the rush of meeting someone new and then having it immediately implode. Do that realistically, like, probably hundreds of times. Each experience a tiny crack on the sculpture. It is the human heart. It's like an annoying way to say it. But it's like on the flip side, they're never gonna know what it's like to want someone to text you back so bad that your stomach starts to hurt. They're never gonna know what it's like to give up. Yeah, I mean, they can still get divorced. They're never gonna know what it's like to say, yeah, I'm just kind of focusing on myself right now. And like, they're never gonna know what it's like to have options. Having options, that, yes. At the end of the day, it's really all just a numbers game. It's all just a numbers game. Yeah, and there are so many fish in the sea. And when any of them could be the one, it's almost like none of them could be. Huh? Uh, nothing. Alright, so after listening to that, it really definitely reminded me of how I was willingly, he were willingly single for the large majority of my 20s. And I was cool with it. I didn't want to be with no one, no way. So, yeah, I, I definitely became cool with myself. And I mean, some people like very relationship oriented or whatever. And truth be told, when I was younger, still in my mid to late teens, I was relationship oriented. Actually, really relationship oriented. Um, until my mm, second boyfriend. Just, mm, I ended that relationship, but did not end on good terms. I mean, don't be wrong, we cool now, but back then, uh, was not on good terms. And, yeah, that's just, I had been single in the large majority of my 20s. And once again, that was my choice. I did not want to be in a relationship again. Yet, because my third relationship, I got into that when I really shouldn't have. Um, so that, and then it was my fault. I got him to break up with me. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. I mean, we've made up since then, but yeah. <laughs>
I was just I was in a iffy place in my life at the age of what nineteen. Yeah. That's what I've your third boyfriend was at the age of nineteen. All right, yes, I know. Oh, okay. So, my initial reaction is I, and I assume many same gender loving dudes of my, in my age group, never dated a dude in high school. I, it just didn't work out that way for me. And I, a few years after high school, I actually came across a friend from high school. Well, a connection from high school, a friend now. And he informed me that the gay people in high school like had a little click. And um, they were connecting with each other and relationships and all that with each other. But I was just so on, on the outskirts of things I, I never knew. And um, when we first reconnected, he was like, yeah, like, didn't you used to make fun of me in high school because I was gay? And I was like, I didn't even know you were gay. I, I didn't know anybody who was gay, but okay. So all of that to say, it's my understanding that some people, actually some gays in our age group did get to experience being gay in high school and having romantic connections in high school. And that reminds me of a conversation I had with a family member on my dad's side who works in education and she was telling me about one of the boys in school and she was like, yes. And you know, he and his boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And conservative old me, conservative old me. When she said that, I was like, oh, when you say his boyfriend, you mean like his friend who is a boy? And she was, she looked at me like I was stupid. And she was like, no his boyfriend and she, she let it go and, and she knows my sexuality too you know but all of that to say i appreciate the progress that we are making so us gay kids can do that and have that experience in high school and can sometimes have that high school sweetheart turn into a long-term uh lifetime, relationship, and marriage. We are getting there. We're making progress. And as far as him saying, sometimes when you have so many options, it can feel like you have none. It's like, yeah, if with online dating, if you throw away dudes, like I used to throw away dudes, I used to do that because you feel there are so many options 
it can manifest as none. Anyway, basic complexity, you're one squared. Okay. Um, all right, that part probably what confused me. Um, would just say, like, overall, um, like, definitely, especially nowadays, um, Younger guys in particular are a lot more free. They have a lot more opportunities than we had in the past. Not saying we didn't have any, but a lot of times we kept that stuff kind of to ourselves. And I, I didn't even come out to myself until after I graduated high school. So that was just me. It's a building situation in that yeah. I... Sometimes, Kevin, you make us seem so old. You know, you're like, back in my day, we didn't have the freedoms that you gays have today. And it's like, well, it's a building process. Just like I always say, it's Gen X who gave us will and grace to grow up with. And for me to be able to watch Will and Grace when I was in high school with my mommy, you know, like, and we used to, to love it and engage in discussions on things. And I wasn't ready to come out to her at that point, but it helped me see that there are, the world was opening up and becoming a more open place. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. My one sentence is monogamy or any type of commitment is a choice. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. Basic complex, ah, the family yes or no question. All right, Hashtag Verse TV family, are you ready for the question? That, that was very... Uh, RuPaul 1992 sassy, like, all right, Verse TV family, are you ready for the Verse TV? Anyway, and I, I feel like I have to walk back what I said about RuPaul. I don't because it wasn't negative. It was positive and I and we have nothing but love and appreciation for the barriers that RuPaul knocked down for us in advance. And that's another example of a Gen Xer knocking down barriers for us older millennials to be able to walk through. My mom used to like RuPaul. 
My mom was like, yeah, RuPaul is cool. Anyway, the family, yes or no question is, have you ever met someone and had it immediately implode or crumble upon meeting? Face complexity, have you ever had that? Um, probably from a distance when, when I finally see how that person actually was, um, and I realized I don't like them no more. When you realize they didn't look like their photo, huh? Nice you're, you're, you're one of those gays. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right. You said it does. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can and will and did just say it. I don't like being lied to. Yeah. yeah just be upfront. Yeah, and I'd also answer yes, that I've had that experience as well. Anyway, basic complexity, are you ready for topic E, which is our cerebral TV 231, in which we don't answer anything, we just play it. Now, did you have anything else to say ab about that, though, Kevin? Which part? No, as far as what you were just saying, I feel like I might have cut you off and you looked a little uh, downtrodden. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay, so here comes Cerebral TV 231. And when we come back, we will give Beyonce peak ranks. Mm. Our top albums by Beyonce. Four, three, two, one. All right. Secure Bears Countdown. Hashtag Cerebral TV 231 at Sista underscore D underscore Barnes at Warrior DW2 at Greg Mathis Jr. at Elliot underscore Cooper. Hashtag Verse TV 231E. Text Bell Hooks. Quote, the miseducation on love, end quote. Talk in the book about all of these people who'll say, you know, my dad beat me or mom did this, but she really loved me. And a key chapter in the book is the chapter on children where I'm saying that no, in fact, if we are being abused in any way, we are not being loved. That love is antithetical to abuse and to domination and that, um, marvelous moment in, for me in the book when I'm talking about what do we teach our children about love? What is the miseducation we give them? And part of the miseducation we give them is that you can violate someone and then say you love them. And I, I think as we ponder why we are raising a nation of violent children, we, we have to ponder that miseducation about the nature of love. You the slaves were happy. The owners were happy, and everyone lived happily ever after. 
Read it again. Read it yes, again. Yes, yes, please. No, no. It's almost time we learn how Christopher Columbus discovered this land. Ooh, ooh. Mr. Parks? Yes, Dale? Why did slavery end? Yeah. Well, that's a very good question. See, we realize that everyone deserves to be treated equally regardless of what they look like. But it worked so well. What? We had free workers, servants. Plus, they were happy learning new skills, so oh. why don't we just bring it back? Look, kids, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but slavery was actually really fun and engaging, right? Of course, Mr. Superintendent. <laughs> now you kids go play outside. That's enough questions for one day. Tag, you're it. Oh, you're it. <laughs> Sir, I was just about to. Mr. Parks, I thought we were past this preference for history you seem to have. We are. It's just these kids think slavery was some big party, and I just can't. Can't what? Teach the truth? No disrespect, Mr. Superintendent, but we both know this isn't the truth. So you prefer we tell them that for over 240 years, this great nation was built on the backs of those who worked against their will? Not exactly. And that it didn't end with the abolishment of slavery. We kept going with segregation, convict leasing, restrictive covenants on housing, schools, riots, torturing, lynching. Is this what you prefer these kids here? No, sir. Then stick to the script and save the bright ideas for your own damn kids. Text, love for a lifetime. Hashtag Mathis Cooper. Absolutely beautiful. Oops, I, I, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> so, FYI, people, that last, the music on the last, the third clip of Cerebral TV was produced by Kevin, a.k.a. CBC, BKA, Basic Complexity. And I, I don't think I've ever even said this. But FYI, the hashtag Burst TV theme music was produced by yours truly. Anyway, basic complexity. Are you ready for our Beyonce top four? I'll do number four. You do number four. I'll do number five, three. You'll do number three. Or do you want to do number four first? Um. No, you could go first. All right. So we're doing, again, the album and a memory and favorite song. So my number four is B-Day. And one thing that I always appreciated about B-Day is I felt like she was 
extending an olive branch to the gay community with the things that she did, like working with the uh, gay designers, publicly dancers and all of that. And she just treated them so regular human. And that was back in the day before we were in large treated like regular humans. So that was appreciated. And as far as my favorite song from B-Day, huh, it'd be good if, if I said what it was. Oh, like I said last week, Worldwide Woman, which I would say Worldwide Winner. Base complexity, you're number four again. Hey, um, actually, I was confused with the number of these albums where I was going to place them. All right. So, first off, just because I'm listing this album as number four, not saying it's bad at all. Alright. Now actually as far as Beyonce's albums, when I get to the fourth album, not literally the fourth album, the album I put in the number four spot is actually Renaissance. And I like that. Um, this album was, oh, I'm sorry, this album brought out my inner game <laughs> as if it was a deep secret, which it wasn't. Now, my favorite talk track on the album is actually a song carpet. Yeah. That's four. Yeah, that, that was your um, song one week. Oh. And <laughs> my number three is Dangerously in love. Dangerously in love. And oh my gosh, I have. You didn't name your memory with that as, as album. Um, just like I said before, um, I couldn't think of anything specific, but I was like, in general, um, being honest here, that did kind of bring out my inner gay. That's what it was. I apologize, and you did say that. So, for me, dangerously in love, I loved that. That's my number three. And I remember I was especially when I saw that performance, I don't know if that, I think that was at the Grammys, mm -hmm. I think, 
And I was like, oh my gosh, Beyonce is going to be a belting diva. She can when the music requests that of her from her perspective. Beyonce is amazing, period. So she can do it, dare I say, do it all. Anyway, as far as memories of that album, and by the way, that's also my favorite song and even my favorite live performance, Dangerously in Love. No. Ooh. My favorite from that album is the live performance of Dangerously in Love or Signs. Mm -hmm. Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus. Anyway, Cancer. Oh, Gemini. Anyway, but um, yeah. So also, I remember one time in my thought sexual exploration days, I went over to uh, this dude for some connection. Hmm. And I know you laughed like, hmm, hmm. Yes, for some connection, Kevin, for some connection. And uh, I don't even, I, I'm not sure if we actually even did anything. But as I walked into his apartment, because of course we were all younger back then, so he had roommates and um, his roommates were in the front of the apartment and they were smoking weed and talking like, yeah, yo, blah, 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 all right, yo. Was, so, yeah, what you got? What you got? I right, son. Yeah, I right. Like, doing that whole thing. And um, I went back into the room with him, and we did whatever we did. I, again, I don't... But maybe it's just because my mind <laughs> has blocked such experiences from my memory. I don't remember what we did. I just know we went into his room, did whatever. Then we came, went out of the room. And um, those roommates who were there and still smoking, still smoking weed, which at that time was illegal in D.C., his roommates were like, yeah, put on that uh, Beyonce Live at Wembley album. <laughs> And oh my gosh, did they ever flip? They went from yeah, yo, bah, 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 to oh my gosh, like this is the part where she comes down from the ceiling upside down. And oh my gosh, it is so great. Yes, girl. Yes, she can do it. And that reminds me of my second memory that I had at that time, which was. I still remember when I would see, whenever, and Kevin, you tell me if you felt this way too, but it seemed like whenever you would see a dude in his car bumping an album track, not a single, like not playing like the radio or something, but bumping an album track from Dangerously in Love like you could automatically pretty much bet dollars to donuts that dude was going home and pleasing his man. Anyway, oh my gosh, let me stop. I was going to be even more graphic than that. Basic complexity, 
your number three. And again, like I said, title track was my number one. The uh, live yeah. version or signs. Uh, as far as my number three album, Beyonce, um, this is one of the things we definitely have in common because my number three album, Beyonce, is her, well, solo debut album, Dangerously in Love. And yeah, at that point in time, and even though I already heard the song Dangerously in Love because it was initially recorded by Destiny's Child for their Survivor album. But um, Beyonce, I guess, re-recorded a purely solo version. Um, and yeah, named her album the same thing, Dangerously in Love. Now, um, with that, that entire album, I did, I really liked it. And my definite favorite track from the album was, and this will probably always send out to me, was the song Me, Myself, and I. That was actually my favorite. I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up. Um, because, ooh, sorry, keep keep going. I, I'll, I'll finish yeah, after. No, I was just going to say, no, my favorite, favorite, favorite song was indeed Be Myself and I. I did not like the album version of Dangerously in Love. I preferred the Survivor version of Dangerously in Love. But... I loved the live version of Dangerously in Love. And as far as album tracks, me, myself, and I. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> well, like I was saying, me, myself, and I definitely, because the year the album came out, it was definitely a memorable moment for me because at the time I was going through my then worst breakup period and I just felt so connected to the song me and myself and I because that I just felt like it was just me and myself and I didn't have any help with anything. So it was kind of mm, dealing with that curve. And that's what I have. Yeah. That was the uh, jam. Yes. I was gonna say something and I forgot it. So I'll just move on. My number two, my number two favorite album 
is four. And that came out around the time that Kevin, Basic Complexity, and I became friends. And that's a positive memory of it. Also, another positive memory. A friend of mine who does or does or did music reviews on the side, like he did not appreciate Beyonce's work. He was not a Beyonce stand. He's a Gen Xer, darn it. He's a Gen Xer. <laughs> and he didn't appreciate Beyonce's work. And with the album four, like as far as her debut album, and I, I, I don't need to go through all this. He had a couple of tracks on it that he was like, yeah, these are good tracks. So she knows how to make good songs, but she doesn't always. And then he sort of just fell off for her. But for the album four, he was like, she's got it. She's doing it. And he loved her. Like, I, I remember him telling me, he was like, I love her song, Rather Die Young. And he's like, honestly, I have been keeping that song on repeat so much because the way she sings it, it's just so exquisite. And I would agree, that's one of my top songs. My other top song is End of Time. I will love you until the end of time. Walk with me, I walk with you too. Walk with me, I walk with Anyway. But yes, that, and yeah, I love Rather Die Young. That's a beautiful song. Mm. Rather Die Young. Mm. And oh, la last thing, well, kind of. Brian B, who is of course a Beyonce stan, in the B, proudly in the Beehive, and um, at that time, he um, taught, because I, I'd followed his stuff for, for quite some time, had a little crush on him too, but anyway, anyway, but um, he was like, see, y'all think Beyonce's talking about dying early. Nah, she, she ain't talking about... He doesn't talk like that. He's like, no, she's not talking about dying early. She's talking about dying young. And and he, he held up the uh, triangle the, uh, of hope because he's like, she, she's talking about dying young because young was, is, I kind of forgot his connect. Like Jay-Z had something in his name that has to do with young, young hove. And she's talking about, I, I would die for him. That's her husband. Yes, husbands. Yes, we can now, okay? Yes. Anyway, base complexity, her number two. Right. Um, yeah, I, I gave my favorite songs too. Okay. Okay. Um. And once again, we have something in common. Um, my number 
two is actually four. Um, and I would say it's my number two because the album for at least in my opinion gave me kind of a flashback to our debut album and just seemed like she was taking more of a R&B route like she did in her first album. Um, and definitely with her, um, well, wow, actually her fourth album, four. Um, my favorite track on the album was actually in the turn. Yeah, that's what I have. Walk with me, I walk with you too. Walk with me, I walk with you too. <laughs> you, you know, you know where I got got that from, right? You know what I'm singing. You don't. All right. Um, gonna... That's how the song starts off. Anyway, but yeah. Okay. So my number one, and it, I, I like that this was actually my number one because it shows that Beyonce's just going up because my number one Beyonce album actually is Renaissance. And I love that album very much. And as far as songs, I love her song, Energy featuring Beam, and just something about I always talk about men. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Beam is a 95 baby. So he's way too young. <laughs> Nevertheless, part of me was like, I bet that Jamaican man is handsome. And he is. <laughs> and Beam is actually an acronym for Be Everything Always. I forget the M. I'm sorry, Beam. I'm sorry. But uh, be everything always. I, I forget the M. But yeah, I would play that song on my Echo because it's a, actually a very short song. Music is going in that direction now, you know? And that's where the the big thing that everybody does now is Look around, around, turn around, everybody on mute. Look around, as me and my you. Big energy. I love that song, and I would repeat it so much, so much. Right on my little Alex, I would love that song. And uh, my second that I loved is I'm That Girl. And uh, these motherfuckers ain't stopping me. These motherfuckers ain't stopping me. And I would s think of that in reference to 
the haters in my apartment, like people being so mean and not speaking to me because they're so uncomfortable because of me and my walker and that current situation and everything. And I wanted to give an update. I spoke with an Uber driver some time ago. And she was like, yeah, you know, these apartments are like, it's whatever. Um, a friend of mine lived there. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think I asked, how did she like it? And she was like, she didn't like it. She, she didn't get along with her neighbors. Um, her, her, the people aren't friendly. And I'm like, oh. And then I, I went on to say that, well, I used to think that people in the apartment were hating on me. And forgive me for taking this time to explain it, but I, I think this knowledge might help someone who might be dealing with the same insecurity. And I, I was like, yeah, I used to think that people were just hating on me and my walker. And she's like, no. People, also because I explained that I spent the second part of my childhood in New Orleans. And I'm like, I'm used to when you walk up to somebody or walk past somebody or see somebody and you're entering their room, you speak, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, because she had also gone, she visited New Orleans. And she's like, oh, that's why everybody is so nice because that's how people are there. And she's like, no, up here, people don't do that. People don't do that at all. And she's like, the people in your apartment, n nobody's neighborly, No, nobody cares. You know, people are just to themselves and that is it. And I was like, oh. So that's why people were like that with me, not because of me and my walker, but that's just how people are. And sometimes that's what it is, people. So don't let your insecurity bother you, get to you about something. Sometimes people are just who they are mm -hmm. and they might not think the way that you think. Basic complexity, you're number one. All right. So my number one um, surprised that this was my number one album. But actually, it is surprisingly um, Beyonce's sophomore album, B-Day. Mm. And then my favorite track of uh, the album, which I initially just fell in love with, was Give Me Body. Absolutely. That was a... And I, I didn't name that because I think I liked... Worldwide wo winner, worldwide woman, more, but get me bodied was that ish, <laughs> and I I I think I mentioned this on the show some time ago as well that 
I think we were fortunate that our club age days <laughs> included songs like that, you know? Like we got to hear stuff like that when we were in the clubs, mm-hmm. you know? Um, get me body, get me. I'm trying to think, think of it. What what's the rest of it other than get me bodied? Wow, I should know this. I know. We should I, both know it. I'm on the borderline of saying a play hit. <laughs> Can't wait. About it. In the meantime, while I'm pulling this up, I will say maybe I won't because I don't want it to run the risk of coming across like something that might be construed as negative, and it is not. Negative. Beyonce is queen. Huh? How could that be construed as negative? No, what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I I was basically going to say how her singing style kind of shifted at the album B-Day. And she would sing a little uh, stronger I guess, on that album. Anyway. You know what's funny? Oh my gosh. I'm looking at the track listing because I'm about to play it. But um, I came across her song, Resentment. (laughs) And Beyonce sings her butt on Resentment. But did you know that Remake was not... or that resentment was not originally by Beyonce. I had no idea. It's actually, you know, <laughs> and um, a, a friend of mine actually, Posh Spice Victoria Beckham, who actually has some songs that I love, but that was originally by Victoria Beckham. And he was like, yeah, she did it, but she cannot sing a lick. It was awful. (laughs) And kind of like that guy who who laughed at me uh, during the time of uh, I Am Sasha Fierce when I played my music for him. And he was like, that is awful. That is awful. There are things in the world that are bad, but that is awful. Anyway, but my friend was like, as far as Victoria Beckham's resentment, he was like, that is awful. It is awful. She cannot sing. Anyway, but yeah. But as far as Get Me Bodied, I have it right here. And it is... 
You know, and, and see, this is going to get the thing flagged, so I'm going to just skip. And of course, this is where it goes, like, right away. Bye, once you get my body. Bye. Better sweat, it never hurt nobody. While I'm standing on the wall, I don't want to not get me bodied, get me bodied, get me bodies. Yeah. Beyonce gifted us older millennial gays quite a bit. So thank you, Beyonce. Yes, ma'am. Actually, speaking of give me body, also, um, really appreciated it when she kind of, guess you say, touch on it or be me give me body um, that that song she did for um believe it was for Michelle Obama at last no not at last um was a song to that same beat oh yes for the um kids don't be fat asses and get up and do something <laughs> Yes. And, you know, like people hated former President Obama so much, like people, I, I remember this was a thing because people were upset with the fact that Michelle Obama's, because whenever a first lady gets in office, or maybe one day we'll have a first gentleman, but w whenever somebody gets in with that role, the first lady always takes on like a special project, so to speak. And Michelle Obama's special project, first lady Obama's special project was for kids to eat right. right. And there were people who were so filled with hate. They were like filled with hate because of President Obama being who he is period, so filled with hate. They were like, why are you telling me what to feed my kids? Why are you telling my kids what they can and can't eat? Why are you trying to tell my kids to eat healthy? Okay. But yes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember what it was, but, but I do remember it was a thing at that time. Oh, that is so cute. That's another memory, Kevin. Yes. All right. What? As far as Michelle Obama ha having Beyonce doing the remake of Get Me Bodied for Michelle Obama, First Lady Obama. Yes. And for the life me of the top of my head, I cannot remember what the newer version of the song was titled. Yeah. Or you could just ask Alex. Well, what time? 11. Now, was it not so much the time, but how many, how much time have we been on? So yeah, we need to go ahead and close, friend. 
Wow, and somebody comes in to watch as soon as we're at the close. I'm sorry, you've missed everything, friend, but thank you for coming in. And this has been Hashtag Verse TV Week 1. Nope. Hashtag Verse TV Week 231. I'm Aaron Mack. You can find me, Aaron Mack, at versetv.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-M-C-K at B-E-R-S-T-E-A-V dot com. And you can find hashtag versetv all over the social media landscape. Just Google search or Alta Vista search or ask even ask Jeeves. Hashtag V-E-R-S-T-E-A-V. And we come right up. Just that simple. Basic complexity, where can we find you, my friend? I couldn't. Wow. I was actually looking that up. Which, um, oh, there we go. All right. Um, I could be found on Instagram first of um at basic complexity and say towards basic and complexity put them together no space um so it's b a s i c c o m p l e x and that's the name for Instagram. Um, you could also use the same name. My emails basic complexity at verse tv.com. So that's at v e r s t e a v dot com and then with TikTok and it's always a uh, annoyance um somehow someone had already used the word uh basic complexity so I had to slightly change it um so with TikTok evidence my basic complexity so it's M-Y-B-A-S-I-C-C-O-M-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. And that is TikTok. And yeah, it's pretty much what I have. All right. Hashtag Verse TV family again. This has been week 231, and we'll see you next week, week 232. That's entered, 232. Hmm. Okay, so, hashtag Verse TV family, peace, hashtag Verse TV.com, uh, and stay blessed. Hashtag first TV.
Kevin, aka Basic Complex to be. Hashtag Verse TV Family. Hashtag Verse TV. Well, hashtag Verse TV Family. Two, three, one.